Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by frankandoak.com. Frankandoak.com is the online destination for guys who want to look sharp and shop smart. Visit frankandoak.com and find a new collection of menswear every month. Sachi Cole. Don't laugh. (laughs) Managing editor for Hazlitt Magazine. Author of an upcoming book. Congratulations. Thanks. It's called The Pursuit of Misery. It's out spring 2017 with Canada. Welcome back to Canada Land Shortcuts. Thank you. This episode of Canada Land Shortcuts is brought to you by Aaron Millar, Sean Buckley, Jean-Paul Thibault, David Doel, Chris Frey, Lane McIntosh, Caro Camus, Lucy, and Julie Balin. Julie, why did you decide to be awesome? I support Canada Land because it reminds me to pay attention. This episode of Canada Land is also brought to you by frankandoak.com. We have a new sponsor, Sachi. I'm very excited about Frank and Oak. Good. You know what? I uh, <laughs> I am emerging from a new dad period where mm-hmm. my chief consideration of clothing was that like shit stains wouldn't show up. Oh, on. good. Yeah, sure. I, I, I basically dressed like Louis C.K. for three years with just like a uniform of jeans and a black T-shirt. Good luck. I'm ready to emerge from that dad state of mm-hmm. sartorial. And uh, how do you like this? Is uh, I went shopping at Frank and Oak. You look like a man in a shirt. Thank you very much. I like their clothes. Frankandoak.com is the online destination for guys who want to look sharp and shop smart. Discover the latest in stylish, affordable menswear from their monthly on-trend collections. Their Hunt Club service means, do you know about this? You you get clothing sent to you. I'm going to try this. I haven't tried this yet. It's sent to you at home risk-free. 
Without the usual anxiety that comes with online shopping, if you really have no idea where to start when it comes to dressing yourself, you can even have their stylist send you a box based on your taste and budget. If you don't like the clothes they send you, you just send them back and they cover the shipping. That stuff only works for dudes, though. It's for dudes who don't want to spend a lot yeah. of time in a clothing store. Sure. And, you know, I'm right there. Oh. So. Step up your game stylishly and affordably. Head to frankenoak.com, and this is a good part. Use the code CANADALAND, and you'll get 20% off of your first purchase. Good. Welcome, Frankenoak. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Right now, there is an opioid crisis. Right now, there is a mental health crisis. But right now, it is Mental Health Week. And what that means is you can do something about these crises. You can help people. You can help CAMH save lives. They offer treatment with dignity, and they are doing cutting-edge research. I don't know if anybody listening to this is untouched by this crisis. You can see it in the downtown of every city in this country. You certainly feel it in Toronto. This is not something happening to other people. These are our friends. These are our communities, our families. We are all touched by addiction. We are all touched by the mental health crisis, and we all share responsibility to do something about it. Helping CAMH is something you can do about it. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where nobody is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help them treat addiction and build hope. So, Sachi. Ah. Oh. Where to begin? I think that not everybody knows about the article that we're going to talk about. Let's go for it and give an introduction. Just so some context. We're here to have a gab about, Jesse. Um, usually on the show, we talk critically about other people's journalism. And today, I, I, I've asked you here to come and speak critically about our own journalism, which, mm. which uh, you know, there's which some... I love to do. You know I love to do. That. Yeah, and which is valid in this case mm -hmm. uh, to some degree, and I guess we'll try to determine what. But um, before we can get into it, I have to kind of like explain what it is we published and you can stop me if you think at any point I'm glossing anything over or making excuses. Okay. So the headline was, women editors are fleeing the Globe and Mail. Mm -hmm. And basically the story that we tell What is, was the photo? Oh, the photo was, uh, if you'll remember, mm -hmm. there was a bit of a scandal some time ago when the Globe and Mail ran a big front page photo of a figure skater. I'm sports illiterate. A female figure skater. What else would she have been? Who was kind of giving a very high kick. Mm -hmm. And doffing her cap with a big smile on her face. And in the shot, there was a lot of crotch in the shot. 
So they they um, that's worse. That that makes it worse than what I thought it was. That is a description of so so we did not include the crotch and we 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 included the part where you can see her kind of tipping her cap with her leg up in the air. So it's a bit of a nod to the Globe and Mail's history. But she also seems to be sort of saying like, "See you later." So I thought it was a great little piece of art. Um, so yeah, that was the headline: Women editors are fleeing the Globe and Mail. And the story, and I can give you a little background of how we got the story. So I, we received a couple of tips from people saying, "Hey, are you aware that four of the like most pivotal editors, the Globe and Mail, all of them women, women editors, I should say, female editors, Jesse." So so well, I want to get to that because that was one of the criticisms. That was you were the first, I think, to criticize the headline for for that it's phrase. That headline. So, well, whether it's a bad headline or not, I won't argue that point. But okay. women editors as um, a point of contention that not only you, but many people brought up is like that is not. But let's get to the whole piece, because I uh, arguing this early about the headline is a, is a waste of time okay. because we've got huge things in the actual piece to get at. There are more substantive criticisms. Yes, and, I, and when I sent that tweet about the headline and the photo. And the content. I had read the whole thing. I right. wasn't. It wasn't a knee jerk. You weren't just giving a hot take no, no, on no. the headline. I had read the whole thing. It may well be. And you know, I, let's not return to this. It doesn't deserve returning to. Uh, so I'll just deal with what my point out now. Which it, might, it may well be a terrible headline. But the phrase "women editors," like if you go and Google "women doctors," "women judges," you'll see headlines from the Guardian, from the Toronto Star. Like that is how. In headline ease, I don't know what the grammatical. There's an association. Female the, editors. The women teachers associate. Like these things editors. exist. So, but it, do, it doesn't mean that just because everybody else is doing it, you also need to do it. Well, because everyone else is doing it, I thought it was accurate. It's um, female. It editors. may be incorrect it's fine. And, grammar. And I would, I would say that had the article not been so wholly disappointing, right? The headline would, would have got a pass on the headline. Me. Yeah, I would have let it go. She editors. Yes. Lady editors. Lady editors. How about like literary vaginas? Let's not – let us not – let me not be glib about this because there are some substantive problems with this article that I don't want to frame this in a kind of a dismissive of criticism kind of attitude. There's stuff that was wrong okay, with this article. Okay, then let's talk about the act. So the you article – had a bunch of I – had, I had a couple of, of, of people right. contact me, um, each of whom worked or works at the Globe Mail, saying you should know that there are four departures in a rapid succession. I think it was actually like a week but like 10 days to be safe because I couldn't – quite pin down the dates, um, of pivotal editors, people who do a lot of the backbone work, it was described to me, all of them women leaving in rapid succession. And with the exception perhaps of one, um, I, I never like to think of a move from Toronto to Winnipeg as a step up, but the job may well have been a step up. I mean, uh, Sarah Lilliman was going from Globe Toronto editor to become the associate editor of the Winnipeg Free Press. My dad's from Winnipeg, so I can slag Winnipeg a little bit. No, I can't. I'm going to get a so whole annoying. I'm going to get a whole so other annoying. wave of shit for that. Um, but you know, in, in the case of um, one was leaving to, to work part time in another organization, and another of these women was leaving without any other uh, job that she was moving to publicly listed, and 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 I did actually reach out to her and asked her and got no response as to where she was going. So um, with just that information, I was told, look, people at the Globe and Mail are talking about the fact that like what is happening and it's not isolated because if you look at the last few years, there have been a lot of high profile departures of women from the Globe and Mail. And this came in a context where I know a number of personal stories from women saying that it is an unpleasant place to work. Not that there is a culture of like predatory harassment or anything like that, but uh, what they described to me and the context and, you know, this, you know, like arguably was my bias going into it, but it's one that I think bore out in, in multiple interviews I did is that there is a level of institutional sexism at the Globe Mail. So that's what, that's what I wrote. Uh, I kind of like uh, provided this as it was given to me, like, okay, here we've got the four departures. Then here's a list of women who've left in the, in the last three years. And I, I had the stories of a few of them who told me that they left for these reasons or that that was a factor in their leaving without giving 
information I can't give about my sources. I knew this to be true. If you follow me. I do follow. Okay. Of women on that list. So, uh, and I presented this as like, look, these are the women who've left of their own accord. They weren't laid off. They chose to leave. And many of them were not running to something. They were running from something. And then I go on to uh, describe what is going on in the Globe and Mail as conveyed to me by a number of, of people I spoke to. And what they described to me was that the paper is really top down. And if you look at the public, the masthead, all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all eight names, masthead editors are all men. And what was described to me just as a, as a well, what's it like there was my question to everybody was that there's this boys club uh, in the newsroom on the second floor. And it's David Walmsley. It's Sinclair Stewart. It's, uh, it's Gabe Gonda. It's Dennis Choquette. It's Ryan McDonald. And one of the quotes was, they just don't get it. They think of themselves as post-feminist guys, friends with women and so on, but they actually are a tight little homogenous boys club and there isn't a lot of room for women at the Globe to really make a mark. The Globe is not a place that's interested in creative arrangements for women who need to leave to pick up their kids from daycare. That was, I guess, one of the key things is that women have to leave because it's still one of those like old newsroom cultures where if you stay really super late, that's what gets rewarded and just like we should probably have women in a part as part of these in this inner circle is not something that is valued. Have I? I've been going on for some you time. Done? I'm more you or less done. Take a deep breath. There you go. Do you feel zen? No. That is the most embarrassing thing you've ever done for Canada. So tell me why. It was bad, Jesse. Tell like, me why. It was extremely destructive. Really? I think it. I think it's a. It was a fucking problem. And I. I get. See, like listening to your logic. Ah, you're just. You're so clever. Like, I totally get where you were coming from. Yeah. The execution on this and the reporting is bad. It was bad on it. Well, I agree completely with with one specific thing that was incredibly sloppy and embarrassing, in which I say that the four women who left most recently, we went to them for comment and they didn't give us any. Which is not true. Which is not true. And it was not willful misinformation. I can kind of give you a little bit of context as to how I came to misreport that. Which was that I was told, look, these four women just left. None of them are going to speak with you. You're going to have to get the story another way. And so it was in my so head. Instead of instead of contacting them, you believed a third party who told you not to bother? No. Oh. I went and said, well, I'm going to have to contact them and at least give them that. You know, I, I'm sure they won't speak to me. There's no reason for them to speak with me. I can't think of why they would. But that's a formality that I have to go through. And I went through the process of reaching out to two of them. And the other two, um, one, I found an email address that turned out to not be a good email address. I mean, they just left the globe. So I didn't know where to contact them. It was completely sloppy and lazy. And I, and I moved on to what, where I thought the actual work of the story was, which was finding people who would speak to me. And I found many. And somewhere along the line, I, I had convinced myself or forgotten that uh, I hadn't actually adequately reached out to them for comment. And when it came time to just type it up, you get to that part of the story where it's like, oh, well, this is where it goes. You know, did they comment? And it was in my head that they hadn't. And this was just an absolute error. It was. Then why did you get your dick so tied up about it when we were, when people were arguing with you about it on Twitter immediately after? I don't know that you I argued your, that point. You got your back up. Babe, right after I started tweeting at you, I remember you said that uh, I, we're the first to talk about this and this is your hot take. Oh, yeah, because that was, be, that was before the two women who I hadn't reached out to let me know. That. I didn't know that at that but point. But even regardless, it's still it's 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 a useless piece. The, the trouble with something like this is that when you take a story that is about uh, assault or harassment or something about workplace and gender balances or even with race as well. And I am. I don't know if you noticed. A brown lady. Mm -hmm. So I got both of those things going on. 
When you do stuff like that and you don't take the time to do the reporting properly and you report something that is kind of loose and doesn't really mean anything and you're not adding context, you don't really have any information, you have a feeling because someone else told you that, that they think that some people have left because of a problem. If that is actually a problem, other people will not fucking listen to you. So the next time the rest of us say, hey, we left this place for this reason or this institution has a problem with women, they can go back to your shitty article and say, well, no, not really, because look at this asshole wasn't able to figure it out. That's why it's a problem. You set us back. So when I say like I, I get like you use the language of an ally and you and you act that way, your execution is so flawed. It's so flawed. And also the language you used in that piece was so condescending. They're not fucking fleeing. Even if they're leaving for that particular reason, they're all going to other jobs. No, no, they're not all going um, to other jobs. Many of them are going to other jobs. No, you know what? That was a defensive response to what you just yelled at me. And and I, I, I think that um, – I'm not yelling. I'm just talking with zeal. I've asked you to come here and yell these things at me, and I think that I would do well to listen to you. Mm. I... Listen to me. <laughs> Don't argue with me. A lot, most of them, a significant portion of them went to other jobs. Uh, and arguing that, like, for example, Sarah going to Winnipeg is a step down, no, it's not. If you had bothered to ask some other people about what was going on with a number of those That women, was a big promotion. You would have known that a lot of those women were getting promoted. Sure. And – Listen, I'm. I, the, if the Globe has, I've, I has a problem with women. I've never worked there, so I can't speak to it. But I, would I be surprised? Not entirely, because I think a lot of places have a hard time figuring out how to work with women. I think you're right that I did a big disservice to the story, not because what I published is false, but because it's true. I regret that I gave Simon Haupt the opportunity <laughs> to write about alleged sexism at the Globe. In his sneering tone, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't read that. For him to scoff one. at this as did a con- as a conspiratorial theory of Jesse Brown's that there is this did alleged he, sexism, yes, at the Globe and Mail. Let's see. Uh, the story is true, sure. and and the reason why at the height of this, and I think there's a conception that, that I love it when people are yelling at me on Twitter. I, I think you do love it. You know, yeah. You say, well, you were so defensive at first because that's what I'm used to. I'm used to why don't we publish something that embarrasses an institution? We get attacked on tone. We get attacked on sensationalizing. When? Oh, my God. Uh, Brunswick News International, the Irvings, when we wrote about the Globe and Mail the first time, when we go after the CBC, again and again, we yeah, constantly you, get attacked get for a, tone. Do you get attacked by, like, ev- everybody or just the people who work there? Usually just the people who work there are affiliated with it. And so, so didn't, it, didn't it seem interesting that this time you were getting yelled at by everybody? You, you have been published by the Globe and Mail? Yeah, twice, maybe. Well, I didn't think when you criticized it, oh, that's Sachi, she's with the Globe and Mail. I thought, that's Sachi, she yells at me. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. You're just such a dick. So I need to be a dick to do this job because what always happens is – Oh, my God. You don't. But OK. Well, in in every other instance in the past mm. where we've been attacked for our tone or somebody comes after me like you got a bias, Jesse, or your reporting is off, the story always holds up and it's people who are trying to discredit me because they can't discredit the story. Okay. So deciding the difference between me being thick-skinned and standing by my – but stuff that I know is true, and then that sinking feeling of like, oh no, we got that wrong. Yeah. Um, See, this is this is kind of the problem with having an outlet solely dedicated to watching Canadian media, which is is teeny tiny. It's not super big. It's really incestuous, and there aren't a lot of places for you to look at. Because I feel like maybe you have some pressure to create content. 
And you must because you're getting a lot of money. Can I tell you something? I don't go looking for stories. Do you not? Because this, this no. honestly, this felt to me like you needed to have a get. Absolutely and you not. You rushed it. You rushed the story. Well, way we, too we, fast. we, we, or that, or you pushed it out and you hoped, okay, maybe I'll, I'll send this and then I'll get other people coming yes. in and asking and asking and we to have. talk to me. That's irresponsible. I don't know. That's not how I don't do know it. that I agree in theory, though. I, I, I have to agree that in this case, we did a disservice because I became a distraction and my journalism became a distraction from a story. No one in the criticism said that's not true no. about Walmsley and his guys sure, on the second yeah. floor. Nobody said actually, w- with one exception. Nobody said actually they're totally flexible yeah. and wonderful for new moms. Yeah. Nobody said that. Yeah. And in fact, the list of women who left in the last three years, which is originally like like fifteen names or something like that, has since grown to thirty one names. Okay. The do, you list. Have a, do you have a comparable list of men who've left in the last three to five years? I think we need one. <laughs> do you? I do. No, yes. but I, I didn't originally think so because I felt like, well, what does that prove? Because like, mo- you know, it, more context. men work at the Globe and Mail than women. So that, more men. But still, but that is also interesting. If it, what if it's more men and it's fewer of them are leaving? Well, why don't choice? we count them all and I can give as much information as right. I have that right. I'm comfortable printing about them and then people can make up their own minds. Fine. So that, that story needed to be a lot better. Let's, it was bad. I will agree, and let's make it better. So right now, if people go to the website, I am soliciting a list of men who've left the Globe and Mail in the last three years, the exact same terms that I solicited the list of women who left the Globe and Mail in the last three years. Will you say that they fl- they were fleeing? Well, let's 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 see what we find out first, because I think that if we you find— You should have used as an image for this, like uh, like from Hitchcock, from the birds of a woman just screaming <laughs> with, a, with a pigeon in you her You know what? This, this claim of sensationalism now, if it was patronizing, that's a different it matter. It was patronizing. But the sensational—I think these are sensational things. I think, I think that it is— Sensational that Globe Mail. A my place issue, my issue with it isn't sensational. Sensationalism. Or not. So I shouldn't it's, argue it's against a, a case that you're not actually making. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. It's patronizing. All right. Well, I there, can't. I, if you had written that story about me and I had left one institution to go to another because I got a job, I would have been fucking furious with you. That is such a condescending way to deal with people, especially because they most of them didn't talk to you. Yeah. Like, where do you get off saying that they were fleeing? I didn't say that they were all fleeing. Oh, my God. It's your headline. (laughs) Your headline is they were fleeing. I think that I was clear about who's on that list. This is a problem with this, okay, Sachi? How do you you report on something like institutional sexism when no one will go on the record and speak about it? I don't know. I don't have a a solution for that. My question is is more of like I I don't know. I don't know. We exist to talk about things. If if something – if everyone in the media is talking about something and and, and is unable to report it, we try to find a way. And, sure. and I try to find a way that's effective and that opens up a story. Mm-hmm. And I know that this has gotten derailed. And I'm going to I'm going to try. There's still a story there. And I want to do a service to the people. And there are a number of people. There are women putting themselves on that list. There are a lot yeah. of women involved who want this story to yeah. actually become a substantive conversation. I owe it to them if to can, I've got egg on my face, but I, I think people, I can't just stop. No, you know? I, that's fine. But if you can get people to talk to you about Gian. I'm very sure you can get somebody to say, hey, at the Globe and Mail, I was having a hard time leaving at five. You know, it's interesting. Don't act like this is the biggest challenge that you've had so far. Sachi, the first time I met you, you told me a story of how you faced an arguably discriminatory episode with somebody who runs a media organization in yeah, Canada. And, sure. and, and, and to this question of agency and license and why, who yeah. am I to speak for these women, I don't want to. I think it's really weird for me right. to be speaking for women, right? I think that women are to- these women are very capable of speaking for themselves. So when, when, when you told me that story, I said, great, write about it for Canada Land. And you said, I can't. How can yeah, I write it? Yeah, because I would like to work. 
So would the women so who are my sources yeah, on no, the story. No, I agree. But don't put the responsibility on me to be your source. It is not my job to do your work for you. Why? Because I'm 24, I'm a person of color, and I'm trying to eat. You have totally legitimate reasons to not go on the record so as my don't, source. But don't put that on me. And don't I don't say put that it I on you. you I put it on me. Good. I will quote you. First of all, I don't trust you now. This makes me not want and to And that's why the story was, was yeah. a failure, right? That's why the story is Which a failure. I think is and we spent important. a lot of time building up uh, a reputation where people could trust us. We've never burned a source, and our stories all hold up. And this one, the stories, see, there was a point where I was getting attacked and uh, attacked. I was getting criticized, mm-hmm. and some of it legitimately and some of it otherwise, where I wanted to take the story down. And I read it, and everything in it was true. I couldn't take it down because it's true. When a woman is willing to represent this stuff, when Jen Ag um, yeah. came forward and spoke out about sexism in the restaurant industry, we published her. But Jen is also in a really wonderful position of power where she runs her restaurant. She, yeah, but she is in a very male-dominated— No, no, I agree. Uh, she I'm takes not, endless no, no, no. shit on, for what on, she did. Hold on, I'm not taking it away from her at all. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's easy now because she's— She's bigger than everybody else. But I would say she has some more privilege and a little bit more power. I'm so glad that she's using it. That gives me so much comfort. Don't defend yourself against the criticism that I'm not making. I'm not saying I'm that not, you, no, no, I'm just that you that need that to be or that young women in media need to be putting their names to these quotes because your concerns are very real. If you go out and talk about people who run different newspapers, magazines, and, and broadcasters, and you're not going to work as much. It's just true. you know. I so mean, that, that's might, what we're here I might, for. I might be reacting, and I don't, I don't want to bring it up too much because this was an off-the-record conversation we had the last time I came when you told me about John Kay coming in. Do you remember this chat we had? It was on the. I was off the record because you wanted it off the record because yeah, I wanted. I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk. About and you're okay it. talking about it now. I'll mention the just the main piece. Okay. That I think we should maybe discuss is that last time I came after we went out, I yelled at you. I was exhausted. I needed to go take a very long shower to try to scrub my fury with you. Off of me. And you told me that you had this John K interview coming up, and it would go live the next week or whatever it was, and this was what was in it. You told me that part where he said that he it was something about like he couldn't find uh, people of color to write, and that, that it was like a dearth. Of yeah, that. yeah finding like, good writers. Sure, uh, he'd yeah. love to write to have more diversity, but he but couldn't find that. And it's I'm, I might not be doing it justice. I think I, I remember that as you the remember what we were talking about, and I said that that was a that's a very frustrating thing to hear from somebody who is the editor of the Walrus. I continue to think that's a frustrating thing to hear. I don't think it's accurate. I think you can find them if you try. And your response was that it was important for me as a writer and as a person who is in that group to say something out loud about it. And I left this office so fucking mad at you. (laughs) You got like five DMs from me when I got back to the office. Uh. I was so insulted. Because you made me feel like I owed you something. You don't owe me anything, but I do believe, and I think the, that that career based. No, 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 no. You owe me something. You didn't challenge him in that interview, and I went on you about that as well. I disagree, but to your original point, I think that what is the point of being a writer if you're not going to write about things that are shitty and shouldn't well, be that you experience? As a writer, I still have to work in an institution that doesn't really. Take care of all of us. Yeah. So I get that it's nice to say that. Listen, I'm super loud. I'm yelling at you all the time. I'm yelling constantly. I'm pretty aggressive as is. But there has to be a limit to what I can do there because is. I still want to work. I know. And, and that's the thing is to— So asking me, yeah. asking me that—or saying to me that it's my responsibility. No, no, no. I don't have to do anything. No, you don't. And that's very patronizing. And I yeah. apologize for that as well great. while I'm apologizing. But, We're doing great but, work here. But you're making the same point, which is that I am in 
a unique position mm-hmm. that's weird, okay? It is. And it, it, Which is it, why it's so frustrating when you squander it. Okay. Ouch. Mm. Um, but I can say things that other people can't. Yeah. People can come to me and give me an anonymous comment, and I, my name will be the name on it, great. and I'll take the hits. Which is why I think you're so valuable and why you're so needed. That's great. And it's also why uh, there's, a, you know, my mistakes are going to get yeah. a lot of scrutiny, and i got to be more careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're going to put yourself in the position as... This guy. Yeah. Thank you for being here to help me make. uh, You're so welcome. Well, I just want this stuff to be better. And I think that that the comparative list is a good idea. And I also think that that something that was pointed out was like, why didn't you talk to Vivian Smith, who wrote a book about this? She wrote a book called Outsiders Still Mm -hmm. about women in Canadian newspapers. So she's going to be on the show soon. So we're we're, going to continue. And you know what? That thing you brought up earlier, you thought that we were just doing a post to get more stories about the globe. We got some more stories about the globe. Oh, uh, look at his face. And we're chasing those too. So excited. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. But I think it was was a real premature ejaculation. Just should have saved it. There was nothing in that piece. There was a list of names, and there were like a couple of allegations, but there there was no reporting and there was no basis. Unfortunately, fine, but there wasn't anything. You give people the opportunity to say, "Yeah, well, Jesse Brown's trying to do this, and so this isn't true, or whatever the fuck else." No, it's it's it. There is look here. Another common scenario, according to sources, has Globe staffers taking maternity leave and then asking for extensions or more flexible schedules. They then find themselves sidelined, their, quote, commitment to journalism, end quote, sometimes explicitly questioned. If they leave, they are required to pay back their maternity top-up. That is a substantive allegation. Sure. It should have been at the top of the story. You're defending it again. Do you hear yourself? Of course. I, w- I would take it down if I couldn't defend it. I'm not saying take it down. Yeah. I'm saying just own up that you fucked up. That's oh, yeah. It. No question. And then don't do this thing where then, like, people talk to you about it, and then you get your back up, and then you're like, yeah, but this part, if it was at the top, it would have been fine. It's still, it doesn't matter. Right. Well, let's 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 get there. Let's, this is uh, chapter one of this, you know, and and that can be. Uh, I, listen, I, I hope, I hope, I hope you continue to uh, expose whatever monsters you find. I think I would, I, I have no problem with you doing that. I would like you to do that. I don't think that I discovered that sexism exists in the Canadian That was the other fucking thing that made me mad. I think we were the first to report on this situation under Walmsley right now at the Globe and Mail. And somebody To report? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. To talk about? Absolutely not. You make me so mad. Like, I don't... It's... I'm sweating. I'm furious. It's very warm in here. It's so hot. That's your Canada Land Shortcuts. I hope you enjoyed it. You can email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com I read them all I respond when I can I'm on Twitter at Jesse Brown Sachi where are you? I'm at Sachi that's at S-C-A-A-C-H-I you can find me there the website is canadalandshow.com the crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland I make this show with Katie Jensen the next episode of Canadaland will be up on Monday the next episode of Canadaland Commons will be up on Tuesday if you like this show please support it Thank you.